This podcast is brought to you by Midwinter, the cyberpunk fantasy graphic novel series from Revision Studios. Eisner Award-winning legend comics and coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and listeners like you. Visit patreon.com slash two-headed nerd today to find out how you can become a supporter. Yes? Ho, ho, ha, ha. Remember me, old chum? You jolly Kids, welcome to the Two-Headed Nerd comic book podcast, own first and only Facebook talk show. It's called THN Cover to Cover for Saturday, March 31st. April is here. Can you believe it? Here's how it works. Every it's Saturday. March 31st. From 1130 to 1230 Central Standard Time, Joe, Wooly Toots, Mr. Jared, and mm. myself are mm. talking all things comics with you mm-hmm. nerds live. You can call us at 402 402- 819-4894, or you can click our Facebook call now button if you want to get in on the action. If you can't call, if you can't call in live, that is, feel free to leave us a message or send us an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. But before we get into this mess, Joey, I need you to please reset the question of the week. I can do it. This week's question comes from Harvey Locust, who asks... What artists do you think changed the face of comics? Who inspired new generations of artists or changed the way we see comic book art? Got your question? (sighs) We got a bunch of news to discuss. Mm -hmm. Let's open the damn phone line! Ethan Harrison, you exist. I see you. Hi, Ethan. How are you? So we're looking for calls. We want to talk about the new DC books that are coming out. Justice League Dark. Justice League, which is going to see the kids back in the Hall of Justice and the bad guys in the wow how did that turn back up that's weird and the kids back in the legion of doom oh man which looks super fun we're talking about the raw movie i would love to hear from some people about ready player one which was the new legion did you guys see the new legion trailer no for the for the new season oh man no excited (laughs) i knew it was coming and i'm excited for it Yeah, yeah 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 it seems to be the one x show that's worth watching i've heard the gifted is not coming back it did not get renewed. Oh, sucky. Uh, yeah. Oh, well. I'm so sorry, sucky. <laughs> Just no big loss because the gifted kind of sucked. <laughs> I kind of liked it. Mm, I don't know, dude. So we're looking for your calls, kids. Give us a holler and we'll get and we will get right into it. In the meantime, Asriel, back in the Justice League. How do we feel? Has ever Asriel ever been in the Justice League? I don't think so. This is the Batman Ezreal? Yeah, that's the really? one. He's going to be going into space. See, I thought he was, I thought he was done. No, well. Like, when they, was the last time he was him, seen? They brought him back into continuity in one of those weekly Batman books. Yes. and he, Around this, with this Dark Knight business? Or No, it was regular. before that. It was okay. before that. It was after like he had that. A few years ago. Yeah, they kind of returned to that Agent of the Bat thing for a little bit there. Mm. and brought it back. We thought he was dead. Turns out he mm. wasn't. It was a whole thing. He's feeling much better now. That's where we're at. Well, he wasn't, like, he got kind of, I think he got erased from continuity in the New 52. Yes. But they they brought him back in um, Batman Eternal or Batman and Robin Eternal, one of those. Well, they also brought back a character in the New 52 called Gene Paul Valley, but it wasn't Asriel. Shumpo and then later Marie. on, they were like, yeah, it is. What they did? <laughs> yeah, Jean-Paul they totally did. He was around, but he wasn't Azriel at the time. It's like they teased us with it because <clears throat> I remember getting super pissed about it. <laughs> like, that is so dumb. Uh, Just name him anything. Else. He was even blonde and had long hair and the glasses and everything. Like you look, asshole. As long as he's got gorilla DNA, I don't care. <laughs> I don't know if he still has gorilla DNA. I don't know if they're doing that. They definitely reset him as like he was like an assassin for the church or something. We all need gorilla DNA. But I don't know if he still has the gorilla DNA, which was my favorite part of him. He was part deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> So the phone lines are open, you jerks, and I can see you chatting with us. Mm -hmm. I I need Mm -hmm. someone to call in. I want to talk Ready Player One. It's got pretty good ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. It's 77%. My buddy Aaron saw it last night. He said it was better than the book. That's what I've heard. Hmm. Better than the book. Everybody that I know that has read the book said... It was fine. <laughs> like, so why did you read the whole thing and why are you going to the movie is my question. But that seems to be the same thing with a wrinkle in time. To have a fine time. Hey, you guys are not into the Rampage movie, are you? Nah, not at all. I'm I going. Am. 
I'm going. Oh yeah, I think the new trailer looks like a hoot. <laughs> Look, I'll watch any. I'll watch a big movie. ass gorilla crack a big ass crocodile upside the head with a big piece of building. Yes. <laughs> it just. Why is that not fun? The gorilla's a good guy. <laughs> like, what is going Don't, on? Look, man. Okay, listen. He's on a ramp. The video game had no story whatsoever. So, no. what are you going to do? No. You're going to come up with your own. I, I have an idea. Don't make the movie. Oh, come on. There's Everybody that. wants to see big monsters. With that said, animals. I'm going to go. It's got The Rock in it. I can probably talk Casey into seeing it just because The Rock is in it. <sighs> My kid made me watch the if trailer the three times in, in a row yesterday. He was like too. revved up. What's it? Is it PG thirteen or is it just PG? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it should be rated G. It's PG thirteen. Just make it a kids movie and let's go for it. There's lots of guns, <laughs> so it's going to be up there. Fair enough. Joe Patrick, will you do me a quick favor? Yeah. Will you test the phone line real quick just to make sure everything is working? Because I find it hard to believe that. Hey, Meatloaf is watching. Hello, You find it meatloaf. hard to believe that nobody wants we, to talk to us? Because I don't, really. <laughs> Good morning, Meatloaf. How are you today, sir? All right, hold on. I'm calling the phone line. All right, all right, all right. We'll edit this out for the show. Again, this is not the regular show. This is, this our, is the show. Well, I mean, yeah, this is what you come for, definitely. <laughs> this is, this is, is all Rampage, this is. Is Rampage next week? No, I don't. I don't know what it is. Hey, yo, this Joe. Is that your test call? That is Joe. Yes. Okay. All right. So we're on, sweet. We're on the air. Just everybody's too scared to call us. Nah, not, not everyone. anymore. Not <laughs> anymore. We've Thank you for it. calling. THN cover to cover caller. Who this? This is Ethan. What up, Ethan? How are you, Ethan. sir? Good. It's been a while since I called. It has been. We just thought we lost you, or you found a more attractive podcast to listen to, or you know. Hey, let's be fair. There's definitely more attractive podcasts, but nobody will have my heart like you guys. Oh, that's right. We can't choose who we love, right, Ethan? It was Ethan's <laughs> birthday this yeah. week. Happy birthday, bro. What do you want to rap about today? Um, Not a whole lot. I just figured, you know, you needed to get some of this love. Um, <laughs> I was listening to you guys on the past podcast talking about the New Gods movie that they're talking about. Yes. How do you feel? You guys totally, like broke the news for me i didn't know i'm currently reading the giant fourth world omnibus so good from kirby i just so bought wonderful. and it is beautiful but also a slog <laughs> no yeah you're not wrong i'm not gonna lie to you getting a little high will help you work through that one and enjoy it a little more <laughs> now there's no well, way i love that's all the new get. god stuff all the mr miracle and new god issues are amazing but those jimmy olsen ones Woo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't. I think Kirby just loved the character of Jimmy Olsen because he felt like it was the one thing that connected the book to regular humanity. With that mm -hmm. said, his Jimmy Olsen was still completely bonkers. Like Jimmy, the character uh, yeah. himself, was out of his mind. <laughs> I, I I don't mind that he did it. I just when I'm reading through, I'm like, oh sweet, I'm getting into all the new god stuff and every single issue he introduces a brand new character and a brand new concept. Yep. And then I turn to the next issue and I'm like, I now have to read about the newsboy Legion again. <laughs> okay. oh, oh, Hey, let's not make fun of the newsboy Legion. I love the newsboy Legion. <laughs> so if you had your pick, are you putting the newsboy Legion into the new God movie? I hope so. I hope, Hell yes. I hope Flippa Dippa's there Newsies. running around with his snorkel and his fins. Flippa Dippa. But I never want to see him oh, swim. Flip -a -dippa. I just want him around. <laughs> like, there's never yeah. any water. There's never any excuse for him to go underwater. He's oh, just crap. there. <laughs> he gets so excited when anyone says anything about water. Oh, he I just, know. like pops a big one and he's down. <laughs> well, what was great was like Flipper Dippa was like the black member of the Newsboy Legion. Oh. But they didn't play uh -huh. on the fact that he was black at all. He was just nuts about water. You know, <laughs> like, yep. that was his thing. You know, <laughs> I got to I got to He did. They they Kirby was uh, a pretty old man at the time. And uh, the language and speak he was using, especially when he was using Flip a Dip. I'm like, oh, Kirby. Yeah, it doesn't translate well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so are you excited? Do you want a new gods movie? Oh, man, I want one so bad, but I have zero faith it will be any good. <laughs> yes, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I'll go watch that car accident, but 
Yeah. <laughs> Jared just looked up a picture of Flippa Dippa punching somebody. <laughs> He's straight up slapping Jimmy. <laughs> Give me my money, Jimmy. <laughs> He's smacking Jimmy Olsen around. <laughs> yeah, there's no way it's good. There's just no way. Joe kind of made some comments about how like they could update it and make it very like Fox News, sort of like there's these agents on Earth that are working to undermine our heroes and stuff like that. And, you know, maybe, but I feel like you're going to lose a lot of the magic of the new gods if it's not wackadoo. Yeah, that's true. And uh, you know what? I don't even want them to link it to um, the DC universe, really. I don't want them to link anything else to the DC universe at this point. I think they can just blow it up or murder everybody or flashpoint it and just... (laughs) Just do it differently. Everybody except for Wonder Woman. I would like Wonder Woman to be the one that gets away and just be like, you're all a bunch of macho crybaby idiots. I am leaving. <laughs> I'm going to they this just other pretend dimension. like none of the other movies happen and Wonder Woman just keeps going on. Yeah, that'd be fine with me too. Just build it all around her. That'd be fine. And it turns out that last think, movie was a dream. Do you think Aquaman's going to be any good? No. I read I read, <laughs> no. a, I read a article today where... It's getting, okay, it's getting okay uh, from pre-testing viewers. Yeah. Uh, but there's like a rough transition from uh, the first act into the second act that people are like, hey, you got to fix that rough yeah. there. And then there was something else where people were kind of like, eh. I would argue even the best, like writers and directors, if they got like the, the best of the best to come in and make the Aquaman movie, it's still going to be a very tough job. Not impossible. I'm not saying you can't make a good Aquaman movie, but it's going to be a very difficult job. And Aquaman, Especially when you haven't established a strong universe, you know, like yeah. we would have probably said the same thing about Ant-Man a long yeah. time ago, but Absolutely. then you're like, okay, I'll give it a, I'll give it a decent pass because you've built the universe and we all believe it now, but when you're like, all right, third movie in, basically, Aquaman. It's like, what? What are you guys doing? Yeah, and especially if they're not, like, if you look at the trajectory of the Marvel Universe, when they introduced Thor, they introduced Asgard, and it was this other place in the Marvel Universe, and they could have very easily done that with Atlantis and Aquaman, but instead you introduced Aquaman as, like, a weightlifting bro, you know, if it's like, right, my man, right on, you know, like <laughs> not the king of Atlantis, not like this character from this other civilization. He's just like another dude with tattoos that you would see in the gym, but he can jump real high. You know, I don't know. Well, I don't Well, care. that goes back to why Justice League is a pile of garbage. Exactly. A hot pile of garbage. Joe Patrick, you know, you can talk, right? And they can hear I know, you. but Ethan can't hear me, so... Yes, he I can. Was not to- yeah, I can. Yes, we what? established that last week. Yeah, yeah, he can hear you, dude. But not everybody could hear me. I was, I'm certain that some of the callers couldn't hear me. No, it was a cover-to-cover oh. miracle, remember? All right, good. Uh, hi, Ethan. Sorry, I wasn't ignoring you. Hey, uh, I heard you giving me the birthday shout-out. Thank you for doing that. See? Oh, good. All right, good. Um... I know what you care more than Matt. I know. We were In the separation, I'm choosing your home. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, hey, look, kid. Dad doesn't want you around, okay? I'll be real honest. <laughs> Beat it, In kid. The- <laughs> In the chat, our friend Patrick, who is the number one Aquaman superfan, is calling his shot. Aquaman is going to win an Oscar, and the soundtrack is going to win a Grammy. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So and then we'll make a play out of it, and it's gonna win a Tony, and Aquaman's gonna egot. It's gonna be amazing, dude. Hans well, gotta Z- win Han- an Emmy somehow. Hans yeah. Zimmer's gonna rip up a sweet soundtrack for that thing. That's gonna be <laughs> great as Gladiator <laughs> was. We get Junkie XL in there. It's gonna be great. Lots of. Yeah. Hey, I mean, if I, I Aquaman, didn't mind if Jason Momoa has a hook by the end of the movie, I'll I'll give it to him. If Jason Momoa has a hook by the end of the movie, I might. <laughs> I might change my tune as well. Ethan, it's very good to hear from you, buddy. Thank you for your discussion of the DC Marvel Universe. Pardon me, DC Cinematic Universe. Happy birthday. You got by it. The way. How old are we? Let's expose your age. How old are you? I'm an old, old man of 29. 29. Get out of here, kid. Wow. <laughs> You're a puppy dog. Get Whatever. out of here, you. <laughs> 29. All right. I'm love you, buddy. You guys know how to use the internet. I know. Tell me about it. We're, that's why we started late. Yeah, today did you see us stumbling across we me? I was struggling like, through. I'm a caveman. Too many buttons. <laughs> how do you keep up with all these buttons? <laughs> all right, Ethan. You have a good one, man. All right, you too. Bye. See you, buddy. 402-819-4894. That is your phone number to call us. We are discussing all kinds of things. 
Mainly, though, the biggest news of the week, the return of the Fantastic Four in August, written by Dan Slott with art by Sarah Pacelli. I think this is massive. I think this is huge. What do you think is going to happen with the two-in-one, then? Two-in-one's going to continue. Is it, are they going to change the headliners? I no. I'm well. We don't know as of yet. I'm hoping it stays um, like a thing team up book. And we I just, want it to just be the thing. Yeah. I like the thing in the like human has been fun. Yes, right? but I want it to be the thing teaming up with different people every month. Like it was totally right. And yeah. you can do different writers and different artists. You know, I'm fine with that. And the, do like three, you know, standalones, three or four issue storylines, whatever. Oh, I don't know if I'm getting two at the same time or one that's freaking out. Oh man. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover caller. Who this? It's Brian Domingos. Brian Domingos. Bingo. The God Emperor of the THN forums. How are you today, sir? Good. What's going on, guys? Oh, we're just chilling. We're talking about the return of the Fantastic Four. Um, yeah. Dance lot. Uh, I don't read. Yeah. Dance lot and Sarah Pacelli. I I hope Dance Lot's excited because um he seems like a really good guy. Yeah. Um. And um, I don't know. I haven't missed them. Um, I like that they exist, but I can't remember the last time I read a book. I think it was the Wade Waringo run, oh, which was like wonderful. What twenty eight years ago? It was forever ago. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, you, I don't know. I are mean, you going to check out the new one? Re- no, probably not. Really? I don't know. I I, I get bored with because it, it, I feel like it always turns into like um, within like three pages, like Johnny is like messing with Ben. And it's like, all right, guys, I get it. They they do jokes. I don't need to see that. Like, page eight, issue one. Like, I don't. He burned my um, towel when I got out of the shower. Yeah, like you know, like he made the chair, like the superimposed chair, like really melty. And then I sat in it. Now I've got like a metal butt. Like, oops. Like, oh, like I don't know. Johnny. It's kind of like they are they are old men at this point. Like that is one thing when Johnny's like sixteen, but he's like, I don't know. In his mid twenties, like get over it, man. See, like, I want the Yancey Street gang back. Um, I want the, the off panel Yancey Street gang. They always saw like the things like, oh, that Yancey Street gang's always well, messing with me. <laughs> and the kids, well, I'm, you just I'm see like their hands the, uh, pointing, like I, I did. <laughs> I liked the uh, the fraction run. I liked the beginning. It started really, really well. Like, I loved the, it. The FF the FF book with the Yancey Street stuff and like Darla and um, and Scott Lang. Like that was awesome. Like, yeah, I, I was I was into that. Um, I thought the Fantastic Four counterpart book was kind of boring. I don't know. They just like I like when Reed shows up and does something really smart, and then like Johnny does cool stuff, and Ben punches stuff, and Sue is like a badass. But reading them themselves, like it's like a Martian Manhunter book. Like, yeah, I don't need it. Wow. I I want them around, Fair but enough. I don't need it. Fair enough. Um. So hey, yeah. not everyone's a fan. It's all right. I just think Dan Slott is going to be really interesting here. I think he can bring some real humor to the book, some lightheartedness that the book needs, some that, and still maintain the family aspect. Listen, listen, and enough the of this garbage. Brian didn't call to talk about the Fantastic Four. Fine, what'd you call to talk about, Brian? Um, well, I don't know. Uh, the question of the week, um, Brian. I don't know if you guys had any calls on that yet. <laughs> no, no, no. Your answer to the question oh. of the week: artist that changed the face of comics. We have taken Jack Kirby off of the board. Um, I think. I mean, I. I I don't want to say Jim Lee, but probably Jim Lee. Um, yeah. But I, I think, you know, coming from that, the, I was trying to think of not obvious, like, people like that, but maybe Joe Materia. Okay. Yeah, I'd say anybody that was aped. Yeah. You know what I mean? And Joe is one of those people. Absolutely. There's still a whole school of Joe Materia, like, artists out there doing his sort and of... And he, he, he brought in all that, like, anime stuff. Like, he Definitely. was, like, one of the yeah. first guys to, you know, do just like match that stuff together and you know he i mean i don't I don't know that his stuff is uh, i mean that ultimates book he did was pretty garbage but like his uncanny x-men like he made it huge and like crazy and bought you know oh, like yeah. speed lines and all that stuff and he kind of like redefined so much yeah like wolverine's um, neck disappeared like. and he was all shoulders and arms and you know <laughs> Gene Gray, yeah, like the optic Jean Grey's waist was like a size negative seven, <laughs> you know? but she had gigantic eyes and uh, loved it. No, but, um, but, yeah, no, he's, he's cool. He's a good answer. He's a real solid answer, especially for like the nineties guys, which seems to be like all those kids that grew up in the nineties, reading that image stuff and reading that X stuff that Maduri was doing are like coming of age today and becoming creators. And you can see those influences 
like proudly worn on their sleeves. And it's stuff that we laughed about for a long time, but getting further away from it, you start to realize, yeah, this was really important. This changed comics. I always think the interesting thing is, is hearing an artist who is one really specific drastic style and then finding out that their biggest influence is someone who's like almost totally different. Um, Michelle FIFA like I, on Copra. Yeah, that's an excellent is, example. Like one of his main influences is Rob Liefeld. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't yeah, think no, of he, artists of two polar opposites in quality. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, I, that, I mean, that's like, he's not like a... Even, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Greg Capullo, who was like uh, McFarlane-esque, but he was also really kind of the Liefeld with all those X-Force books. And he's in that same kind of thing. I mean, he does not shy away from pouches. Oh, definitely. Definitely. What's his name? Tyler, not Kirkham, Tyler, the guy that worked on Venom and Carnage for a while. I can't say his name. Um, Is it it Kirk Ham? Kirkham, is that it? He did like the his art always looks really wet and gross and drippy. You're thinking of Clayton uh, Crane. I'm sorry, Clayton, Clayton Crane, Crane is what I'm thinking of. Oh, you're right. He was another guy that was like a huge McFarlane guy at first, like straight up McFarlane ripoff, and then like came into his own style via McFarlane, and in my opinion, is even better than Todd McFarlane ever was. Yeah, it's totally different. Yeah. Um, I, I remember the uh, J. Scott Campbell, who was like, you'd think, oh, he's like a Jim Lee guy. Like yeah. he was he was like doing his impression of like art Adams, which is like really funny because they don't look like it, but you can kind of see it, but it's like totally a different take on it. Yeah. It's art um, Adams via so, Jim Lee. No doubt. See that art Adams is my answer because I feel like art Adams, obviously Nick Bradshaw that we have today is an art Adams clone. Oh yeah. But yeah, even Joe, even Joe Matt, like when he was first kicking, you could kind of see a little bit of a Art Adams yeah. like type of influence. I don't disagree. In his character design, Jimmy Chung as well. So I would say. yeah, I, my answer is Art Adams because I feel like he inspired a bunch of guys. Oh you yeah, know? I would say Jimmy Chung is right there too on the Art Adams train. He didn't start off like that, but as he gets better and better. It's more, and it's not even like his direct art style. It's in his faces. It's in his action. It's in the backgrounds that he's doing and stuff. It's very much there. At uh, Planet Comic Con, uh, Art Adams was there, and I was standing in line to have him sign some books. And that, and, and he was sitting right next to Brian Azzarello. And Brian Azzarello dresses hilarious. I don't know if you've seen that dude. Yeah, he dresses so like a So he like comes up to sit down. But to it's start. only a con. <laughs> he comes, uh, Azzarello comes around to sit down uh, and do signings. And uh, Arthur Adams looks over at him and goes, hey, are you a wizard? (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Brian, thank you for your call, buddy. It's always good to hear from you. Yeah, you too, guys. Have a good day. We appreciate your hard work on THN forums. And if you go to THN forums, you can talk to Brian there as well. He's a heady guy. Thanks a lot, Brian. We'll talk to you soon. Have a good zombie Jesus day. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow's Easter. Tomorrow Zombie is Zombie Jesus, Jesus Day. Yeah, yeah. It also falls Magic on April Jesus. Fool's Day, which Magic I think is funny. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Four oh two. shout out. I want to give a quick shout out to everybody watching, uh, popping up in the chat, like some names I've never seen before, like Floating Bunny Heads, Jonathan Sims. Whoa. Call us. What? We would love to talk uh, to you, sir. We reviewed your book. We loved it. Oh, there he is. Jose there. Oliver. Philip Lee is back. David Robbins, what's up? Nice. 402-819-4894. You jerks just all heard the number. Call us. We're rapping. You don't have to talk about this week's news. You can talk about whatever you want. I throw this stuff out as topics because I kind of want to rap about it, and I'm selfish, and I'm it's my show, damn it, and these two jerks just sort of sit here and play along with me. I'm just John kidding. Mitchell, another new guy just popped up. John Mitchell's Jason a very old Hannes. friend of mine. He's a total sweetheart. I grew up next to that kid. I love him. Clay, the nickname Staley. I know you don't have anything going on. Come on, Staley. It's like like nine o'clock where you are. Maybe. It could be three in the morning, clear over there. I don't know. They're all having rough mornings. There we go. We taunted someone into calling. Thank you for calling. THN, cover to cover. Caller, who this? Harvey Locust. Harv, you got it right, and you called the Google line. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> I figured it out, guys. It's awfully early for trying, you to be out of bed, isn't it? I've been trying to Skype. I've been trying to Skype in because I got a new microphone for my computer, and oh. thought maybe that might sound better. You want to show off? I see. Yeah. Okay. You know, I want to get that clean, clear audio going on. Sure. Well, I mean, you have but, a beautiful you know, singing voice, so I understand. <laughs> So I assume so you have I an answer to call for the in question. my uh, answer to the question of the week. Let's hear it. 
Now, initially, I was, uh, you know, last time when this uh, was initially brought up, I was talking about uh, J.H. Williams, the three. Sure. In his panel work and how mind blowing that was for me. Um, I personally had never seen anything like it. But I think my actual answer is, <laughs> and you're not going to like this one, Matt. Oh, boy. Is going to be uh, uh, Scotty Young. Scotty. Okay, no. Look. First of all, I don't hate Scotty Young. I think Scotty Young is a super talented guy. I just don't care about the projects that he works on. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like the Wizard of Oz thing that he did was beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. It was phenomenal. All, I mean, it was, yeah. it was something that I could get anybody to read. It was stunning. Anybody. I bought it for one of my nieces in trade paperback and gave it to her. She ate it up. Absolutely loved it. All those like Marvel babies covers he did in my him. opinion were the I hate them dumbest shit in the world but you can't say they're not like pretty and well executed the guy has his <laughs> very popular very popular the guy has his With own art style dongs. he's instantly recognizable but and Scotty Young is another one of those guys where I'm not sure he does not wear his references or his heroes on his sleeve you know what I mean I'm not sure where his art style came from he kind of came out of nowhere yeah, I mean, well, he he did come out of uh, he he didn't. I mean, his style that he has now he didn't originally have when he started off in books, and he used to do those Marvel books that were just for kids. Right. I can't remember what they were called, but they were tsunami. there was a yeah. I think it was tsunami. I think he came out of that. He did. The, he drew <clears throat> the Human Torch comic. Right. Yeah, and uh, he used to do you know. At, at his style was very different then than it is now. Um, you know, I think that really came out of the Oz stuff when he first started doing that Oz stuff was. God, that was, I don't know if it was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I love loved... 10 years ago. I think that came out. Yeah. At least, at least. Yeah. Just about it was, it was, yeah, it was around 08, 09, something like that. Yeah. He's a crazy talented guy. He was just always working on sort of, youth stuff and i just wasn't really interested in it i'm not taking anything away from him i hate the baby <laughs> covers i hated the marvel babies covers. Yeah, i don't like them either man god they were the dumbest yeah and they were selling for I mean, stupid I, I, money that that that, yeah. that leads me that leads me to uh what was my uh, uh suggestion for another question of the week was um a, a something that you really wanted and overpaid for a chase item per se oh that's a good question and that was that was one of mine was i I, I believe it was um, at uh, Legend. I I overpaid out the Wahoo for Scotty covers, especially <laughs> for the uh, um, I think it was Uncanny uh, Unca Uncanny Avengers. Okay. The first issue of that, he did a a, a cover for. I'm pretty sure. No, maybe it wasn't uncanny. You know, no, it was uncanny Avengers. Yeah, with ba with a baby Thor and a baby. And, and, you know, it was it was a baby cover, and I paid probably almost twenty bucks for it, <laughs> even though it was a uh, you know brand new. I'm just looking on eBay real quick. I'm I'm curious. I'll see where where stuff's at right now. <laughs> yeah, because I'll bet surprisingly <laughs> enough, they'll still go for quite a bit. Nope, uncanny yeah. Avengers number one, Scotty Young, both variants. They're asking for nine bucks with no. Yeah. <laughs> so nine dollars. You may have overpaid for that one. Let's just look at sold items. Yeah. Oh no! Here you but go. You know what? Uncanny Avengers number one, Scotty Young variant, one bid. Guess how much it sold for? How much? The uh, twenty bucks. One dollar. <laughs> one. Are you kidding me? Sold. There you go. Here's one in uh, 9.8 condition CGC. Way to destroy this man's bucks. treasure. So, sorry about that. <laughs> I was wrong. No, it's fine. Definitely I'll never holding sell it, it, and I would never want to sell it. So you know, I don't collect comics to sell them. Well, you know, and that's your danger with variants. Now, spoiler alert: we are using that question as our question of the week this week. That's All right. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds right, good, guys. Question of the week. The one you just came up with. Okay, Thank you cool. for your call, Harv. It's always good to talk to you, brother. All right, man. Have a good one. All right. You too, buddy. Bye, Harvey. It's got to be tough for that guy to get out of bed this early. I, uh, yeah. That is not the question of the week that I picked for this week. So. Oh, I thought it was. Way, that, to, that's way the, to promise something that we're not delivering. That's now. what's in the script. 
That was in your, that was in your flip, shiz. Flip the script. I'm going to. Yeah, I got it right here. Uh, let's see. This was you. This week's question comes again from Harvey Locust. We've all been collectors of something at some point in our lives, whether it was comics, toys, laser discs, yada, yada, yada. I stand corrected. Yeah, you you picked it. Yeah, you're right. I did. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I can't. I can't be trusted. Jared drank too much last night. My memory's hazy. That's true. I did. Jared was trying to kill a table full of adventurers with a giant chicken. It didn't really work out. <laughs> it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> they were scared, though. That was Kevin Coffey's fault, though. That's what happens when you invite that guy over to game. He's going to outsmart know, you. All right. He's a God. smart cookie, man. Come on, Mr. Coffey. You should have taken him off the board initially. Just yeah. turned him into a chicken. Look, I, my table is open to all. You want to play? Let's play. <laughs> Just don't turn my gigantic demons into little chickens. Well, you know, should have been a smarter demon, I guess. 402-819-4894. We're talking all things comic and nerd related hey, this look, week. Hey, what? The Lindsay Duchette Barrett is watching, it says here. Oh, I know Lindsay. She's an old friend of mine. She uh, married my friend Tom Barrett, becoming Duchette Barrett. I see. Yeah, she's an empowered woman. She ain't no slave, no man. No, man, I don't need your name. That's right. You can attack it on, yeah, but I don't need both, it. Damn it. Oh, here we go. Thank you for calling. THN, cover to cover, caller. Who dis? Hey, guys, it's Tim. Hey, Tim. Tim Benson. What's happening, buddy? Third try. Third try. It's Third. like people call you. I know. It's hard. That's We make and you fight for our love. Yeah. So you guys saw the show. I was making like you're still, eyebrow you're still things kicking around. the camera. Yeah, we're still yeah, doing Yeah, we still have a show. <laughs> still have a show. Welcome back. Nice yeah, of you to yeah. join us again. <laughs> Asshole. So, uh, yeah, sorry. I, uh, I got a new job, and all my like podcast listening time just went away. And I, I haven't figured out how to, how to cycle back in. So You don't want to like play it over the uh, speakers at behind. the museum? Uh, so are you not binding anymore? No. Really? Well, I mean, not, not for like money okay not professionally <laughs> yeah tim worked for a local company for a while binding comics and they did some amazing stuff if any of you guys are interested let us know hochen boundary am i saying that right hochen nobody knows okay hochen or hochen it's, it's close enough binding Houchin. they do excellent work and we can get you in contact with them if you have old comics that you want to see bound but they don't sponsor the show so screw you that's the end of your ad. no yeah screw that <laughs> tim what do you want to no. rap about man I got I got two things. Um, one, I want to talk about it's Easter weekend for those of you who care. True that. Um, so I want to talk about Judas. Okay, <laughs> it's a great do book. You guys, do you guys read it? <laughs> Judas is an excellent book. We All reviewed. Right. I reviewed issue number one on the show and gave it a huge buy. It. I loved it. I love it. I've read it too many times. Um, so uh, booms, but not great stuff. Um, and it's definitely one to check out. I think they're doing a crappy trade paperback for those of you who like that kind of thing. Um, coming out soon. No hardcover yet, but uh, I yeah, think you got to put out the trade and see how it sales before they go. Yeah, let's yeah. let's spend the money on a hardcover. But uh, the art is amazing. It's Jacob Rebelka, right? So, something like it's not Jacob. It's like Jacob. Oh yeah, J- J- something like that. Jacob. Jack. Jacob. Yeah. So, yeah. Something like yeah. So I'm not. Jacob. I'm not an artist, Jacob. but I. So I look at a page. I'm like, this is awesome, but I couldn't tell you like if it was drawn by hand or digital. And sometimes nobody can tell. I'm seeing his uh, stuff is I, all very much drawn by I, I hand, but digital. digitally colored. Hmm. Yeah. Because so, they, they digitally colored to make it look like stained glass almost, and it's just. Yeah beautiful and it is the story of judas yeah well it's yeah and what's cool is it's i mean it's not really like the real story you know it's not like canon no it's biblical fan fiction if you will (laughs) (laughs) but um the writer of the story is like about weekly trying to get the pope to acknowledge it so (laughs) (laughs) really (laughs) I, i mean like off like hey guy hey like if you want to read it i'll send you a copy or you know like can we get this made into canon he's like tweeting um, at the vatican holy, yeah, <laughs> holy, yeah. holy, holy father dig this dig this yeah he just he just tweets to the pope um, sure and yeah someday you know you never know but I, it's like it's it's a cool story and you don't it's not like preachy but yeah, no not at all like no, and, and you could go, like, whether you believe in it or not, it's still got a cool message. So Absolutely. 
So yeah, I love it. Okay, point number two, unless I'm cut off. No, you're not cut off. All right. Um, so Matt, you're you're a pretty good writer, right? Oh, slow like, down. You, I don't know about that. Right? I mean, like nobody yells at you when you write stuff, right? I, mean, I well, actually, you'd be surprised. But <laughs> <laughs> somebody's yelling at okay, me right so now. I got, <laughs> I got my pitch. Um, so I want to I want to publish a book. Okay. Um, the Omaha music history. Okay. Sort of like a hip hop so family tree, but it's a, like an Omaha music history. Um, what did you say? <laughs> I said sort of like the hip hop family tree, but with on Omaha music history. Well, I mean, not a comic. It's it like just words. Oh, a straight up bookie book, like a prose <laughs> book. Yeah, like, prose oh, book. Shit. Oh boy, I don't yeah, know that I have oh, time boy. for that kind of adventure. That's uh, I, that's a whole lot of know, research, buddy. And I've got a full time job. <laughs> you know? I don't know. You can get that Kevin guy. You know, he's a pretty good writer. He's a very good writer. He can help. Yeah, coffee. Know? That would be a perfect job for Kevin. Coffee. Why do we keep bringing this dude up? Yeah, what he did to me last night. <laughs> You, if you weren't paying attention, Kevin Coffey turned one of uh, Wooly Toots' giant monsters into a chicken and just took it off the board in D&D last night. So Jared is a oh, little sour towards gotta, Mr. Coffey right you now. You got off your game. I mean, if you're not if you're not good enough. That's what I'm to, saying. You know, right? I rolled bad. My saving throw was bad. Uh, yeah. That's, that's it can happen to anybody. It doesn't matter how good you are. It's true. A bad saving throw is a bad saving throw. Yeah. So, you know, I like that idea and I would love to see that published. I would love to perhaps help out with it. I could throw in my two cents about the early indie rock years and stuff. I'd be into that. But uh, I'm not writing that monster. Sorry. (laughs) Not up to the challenge. I'm from the slacker generation. I'm Generation X. What do you expect, bro? Look how I'm dressed. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good to talk to you, Tim. All right. Have a good one, man. Take care, Tim. Bye, Bye. Tim. Before we move on, nerds, let's have a quick word from our sponsors. And they are only seriously a couple hundred bucks off from their goal. So give. Give until it hurts, kids. Hey, guys, we want to take a quick minute to thank our sponsor for this month, Midwinter from Revision Studios. Midwinter is a long-form graphic novel that meshes cyberpunk, fantasy, a little bit of horror. It's got action and intrigue, magic, cyborgs, mutants, all that stuff, everything in between. Midwinter is the product of a group of local indie creators, a really talented bunch of people. Uh, The creator of Midwinter, Kayla, is an old classmate and friend of mine, and I've had the pleasure of seeing her develop this project over the last six or seven years. And it's just been a pleasure seeing her bring this project to life. If you go to their Kickstarter now, you can help them fund issue seven of the current series. Uh, Those issues will eventually get collected into graphic novel formats. If you are a new fan, you can get all of the back issues through the fundraiser campaign. There's also a lot of great rewards like keychains and prints and posters. You can even have your own face inserted into Midwinter as a character. To find the fundraiser, you can go to kickstarter.com and search Midwinter Issue 7 or go to midwintercomic.com and click support to find the Kickstarter banner. Uh, These are some really deserving indie creators that need your help to keep their book going. It's a worthy project, and they are fans and supporters of THN, so show them some love. Thank you, Midwinter, for sponsoring the 2 Edit Nerd this month. Oh, yeah. Let's, uh, Let's check in with my old sous chef. I say old because, breaking news, I'm not at the meatball anymore. I got a job. I'm working for Flywheel now and web hosting. It's a great company. They're good people. What's your job title? Uh, I am a happiness engineer, which yeah, you are. sounds ridiculous, right? And questionably, maybe a little gay, but whatever. You know, I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's Matt, see. you've always been a little gay. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. There's no secret there. When I was on the Michael Zavir show and uh, we were talking about how we got called out. I got called out as being a racist. And I said, that's impossible. I've had sex with way too many black people to be a racist. And Michael Severe goes, I noticed you said people and not women. And I went, good ear. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what Marcus has for us. I don't think he's been, I don't think he's died yet without my, without me there. So it turns out it wasn't as important as I thought. Well, this hey, call came Marcus. in last week, so he might be dead now. Oh, okay. That's true. 
Here we go. Hey, this is Marcus. I was wondering what you guys thought about the new Deadpool trailer, and what's the best steampunk oh, uh, comic book out there? Thanks. <laughs> Christ. Best steampunk comic book out there is just called Steampunk by Chris Pachalo, and it was published by Image Comics. Yeah, but there's only like, like four issues. That's all you need. <laughs> Do you need more steampunk no, than that? No, no, I often It's pretty to look at. I'm allergic to steampunk. I can't get real close and to it. And that's all you need. I start to itch. I get hives. My throat closes. What are you going to What are you gonna read, Lady Mechanica? Is Come it? on. <laughs> yeah, Joe Benito's Lady Mechanica. Are you going to read any of that legendary stuff? Legendary Red Sonia? Oh, no, what was the Come Warren on. Ellis one? Um, the Captain what? Swing? No, it was... Oh, God, about the guy on stilts and, like, oh, it was a Warren Ellis steampunk book that was actually pretty damn good. I can't say it. Basil Smythe, Lord stilts. Smithington. It was, like, from, I think it was Avatar put it out. Well, he's done a couple of books that I would consider steampunk-ish. Captain Swing was one of his big ones. Maybe that's um, what I'm thinking of. Uh Transistor City, who's, I think, was the name of the other one. Who's the one writing them for uh, Dynamite? He's got a whole series. He, like, steampunked all their Dynamite characters. Is it Bill Willingham? Uh, Willingham. Yeah. Willingham. Okay. That's yeah. the legendary yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. series, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's where Red Sonia is wearing goggles. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I love I love characters that wear go- that have goggles on their head, and then that, they never fucking put them on no, their you, fucking you face. Don't put the it's goggles like on your eyes. Guy Fieri. You I'm, never I'm got put them. these sunglasses on my yeah. head. I don't need them. <laughs> yeah, they're just goggles on your forehead. That's all they're for. <laughs> all right, Deadpool. The the new Deadpool two trailer. Okay, Deadpool two. I'm of two minds of this because I love the first Deadpool, and it was a lot of fun. It seems like they're going full Deadpool on this one, which is fine. But they straight up they straight up came out and said the words X Force in this new trailer. They did. It's and like it is X Force. It's not my X Force, but it is an X Force. I'll say that. You don't own Look, an X Force. Look, they should be called the Six Pack. Yes, they should call it the Six Pack. And then if they want to do something where Cable starts X Force, Cable forms X Force. Yes, I'd be totally fine with that. Unless they're going to do something where Cable like takes this over, or I don't know. I'm going to tell you, I don't know why. In the world, you would cast Terry Crews in a Deadpool movie, put him on a team with Deadpool, and not have him be GW Bridge. Yeah. He's not GW Bridge. I know. He's some character named Bedlam, who I don't even know who that is. I don't know if that's a real character. Yeah. I don't no, know. It is, it's, a real, it's a real character. Like, I saw them, like, doing the research on it, but I don't, I'm not familiar with the character. Um, but Shatterstar is confirmed. Are you kidding me? He better not, have... Can, Complete with like the weird uh, boxing sparring headgear. But he better have the double sword, dude. Okay, man, if you go back into the 80s and you watch the sword and the sorcerer, you can see what a sweet <laughs> triple blade sword looks yeah, like. Yeah. <laughs> so I could, <laughs> I want to see Shadow Store with a double sword, man. Yeah, I want the dumb and double a, sword as well. Dumb ass double sword. <laughs> Give <Yes>. it to <laughs> me. Bedlam, a Does fictional character, hair? mutant superhero. Appearing in American, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesse Aronson, who later became Jesse Bedlam, was orphaned at the age of five after his parents were killed in a car crash. After that, he and his brother Christopher were put in a car separately. He went through multiple foster homes, too, yada, yada, yada. What was he in? He was a member. Oh, his first appearance was Factor X in 1995. He was created by John Francis Moore and Steve Epting. He was also a member of the New Hellions. He came out of that New Hellions group. Oh, Factor X. Yes. Age of Apocalypse. Yes. And then he crossed over into regular Marvel okay, continuity. Okay, Factor well, X. There well, there was a normal version of him in, in, Mar- in Marvel continuity. Yes. Um, Call not, not like how the Sugar Man woke up. No, 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 <laughs> in no. In the main Marvel Universe. Or like Dark Beast showed up. No. Ugh. Right, right. Powers and abilities uh, through a right. Delphi box. Jesse had the memories of a karate black belt and thus could perform with those skills. <laughs> How convenient. All right. Hold on. Hold on. We'll get back to this. Thank you for calling THN cover to cover caller. Who this? Good morning, gentlemen. David Robbins calling. David Robbins. Hey. How, How are you doing? Good. How are you, my fine friend? Doing well, doing well. Sorry I couldn't uh, call in a little earlier. Had to uh, run some tech support for my father this morning and uh, just got free. Oh, that's always a hoot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you want to rap but about this today? Was, this was illegitimate. Um, I wanted to call up the question of the week. 
All right, hit us. Okay, so um, be it for good or ill, uh, creator that uh, changed the face of uh, what comics look like, Rob Liefeld. No, it, without a doubt. There's no question. Yeah. Rob Liefeld has become a punchline, but act, you know what? I'm going to back that up. Rob Liefeld was a punchline for a long time and in more recent years is actually starting to be appreciated and even celebrated. Yeah. Totally. Well, and he was celebrated at the time too. Oh no, definitely. He went from king of the nineties to laughing stock to remember the old king. We should (laughs) like, we should pay him some attention again. He's getting that Netflix deal where they're turning a bunch of his superheroes and teams into shows. We've seen relaunches of glory. We've seen relaunches of profit. Uh, kill strike is back. You know, like these kids. And I just mentioned it a little bit ago. Well, Killstrike was back to, or sorry, Bloodstrike. Killstrike was, back. was something else. Yes. But Killstrike was definitely an homage to Leafield stuff. Well, right, yeah. You right, mean, yeah. oh, Killstrike. That's the one. <laughs> yeah. uh, I have another minor moment as well. Okay. Uh, and you can, you can point absolutely to the visual difference in X-Men books from the end of Legion Quest to the beginning of Age of Apocalypse. Okay. There is a complete distinctive visual style in a uh, visual style shift in all of the X books. That's where I started reading. You look at the end of Legion quest. It looks like eighties and early nineties, uh, comics. Definitely. And then you look post that and it looks completely different from, uh, X-Men alpha. Definitely. Without a doubt. I feel like Legion quest was still trying to hold on to that. Mark Silvestri kind of look. Yep. You're right. Yep. You know, it was still very angular. The, the, and, the, 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 uh, faded, and the, like the, 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 there weren't a lot of harsh lines, yeah. uh, completely filling in the, the shapes, thin there line, was some frenetic just, stuff, know, very yeah. action based panels. Yeah. Yes. And then we got into so. full on like graphic art, manga infused, big, bright, almost cartoonish looking X-Men. Well, Joe Absolutely. Mad was on the book when Legion quest was going on. Wasn't he? I don't think he was. Uh, I'm not was. sure. And, you know, it might be, but they might have made the the decision with X-Men Alpha at the start of Age of Apocalypse to change the overall look of the line. And then when they came out of that with Omega and went back to the 616, it, uh, it they, they just kept that style saying, yeah. this is the visual shift. It was kind of Joe Mad well, and Carlos Pacheco, right? Uh, no, I'm not, um, you know, I think I'm not Adam sure. Kubert... Uh, Andy Kubert was drawing X-Men. That's right. It was Andy Kubert. And Joe yep. Mad was drawing Uncanny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like there's definitely a period like from when he began his run on Uncanny uh, where it, it, he still has a distinctive style where, but then he eventually, like I would say David is right with, Unca- uh, with Age of Apocalypse. He was like, okay, here's my real style, full manga influence. Um, you know, harsh, big, harsh, angular shapes. That's fair. I'll give you that. But yeah, you can can, can see it in just the, the, the facial shots of Magneto because in the, in the old style, you had, uh, Eric with the helmet on and you could see his face. And then they went to age of apocalypse and you put the helmet on and now all you have is black inside of the the holes in the helmet. Well, there was two eyes. Yeah. It said two eyes and And braids braids. that came out of it. Yeah. Shatterstar braids. Totally. (laughs) Or the Sauron braids, either one or the other. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Saruman. Pardon me. Not Sauron. I don't want to, don't tweet at me, okay? <laughs> Get your Lord of the Rings bad guy. No, I think right. that's a great answer, definitely. And you, I, there was no bigger book that was affected than the X-Men at that time. I don't think anybody else yeah. went through that massive change that the X-Men went through with Age of Apocalypse. Later on, you would see a bunch of it when they did, like, Heroes Reborn, and they got all those yes. like, creators came back from Image. But Heroes Reborn was way before Age of Apocalypse. Was it? No, oh, it was wait, not. No, 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 dude. no, no, no. You're right. No. You're right. You're right. Age of, Age of Apocalypse. Not. Age of Apocalypse was 94. Yeah. And I want yeah, to Heroes Reborn was 98. Yes. Up your butt, Joe Patrick. Jesus. Heroes Reborn was 96, 97, because I remember I was in college. Yeah. Okay. And then when, when they came back to real Earth with George Perez Avengers, that, that was like 98. See, I remember I was in prison and you were smuggling comics into me. That's why I remember. But yeah, that's even, exactly how that even, went. Uh, even when... 
even after that, I mean, it was the color shift in all of Marvel that they carried over after the Age of Apocalypse with the X-Men. Like, the, the, yeah. the, the muted colors really went away. Yeah. And it became the real bright, the real, like, uh, not only say glossy, but there was a paper shift at that point, too. Yeah, that's and, like everything uh, went to Baxter print for a while there, and the prices well, of yeah, the comics Not Baxter up. print, but... Uh, that that was uh, Marvel was actually putting out two versions of all of their X books at yes, the time. Yes, I remember. There you was could get a new you like, could get a newsstand version for a dollar ninety nine or a yes. dollar fifty that had yeah. newsprint. Oh crap! I forgot about yeah. all that. You and could then get you the could cheap get a piece of shit version or the glossy version. Yeah. Yeah. That was two bucks. <laughs> yep. Um, and so regarding the colors, that would also be, uh, would have been right around the time that Marvel bought Malibu. Which was okay. known oh, okay. for so its innovative own, computer yeah. coloring changes, and that's in when techniques. things really took a turn in terms of comic book in, in terms of art technology. Right. That's also when we got uh, yeah. Juggernaut and the New Exiles. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's not talk about that garbage. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jason Sachs confirmed that the THN historian confirmed that Marvel bought Malibu for their coloring techniques. And no, was- no, 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 no. That's an urban legend. It, it, they did get access to that but that's not the only reason they bought them confirmed i'm saying it's confirmed <laughs> yeah okay uh, but yeah so right, right around that time age of apocalypse 90 93 94 that's when things took a turn in terms of of the production values of absolutely comics. we started to yep. see you know lots of uh uh much more prevalent like computer lettering uh computer coloring better paper and yeah, yeah. that's that all came from around that time period Goodbye, awesome. dot coloring. Yep. So long, dot matrix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> David, thanks for your call. That was a great answer, man. We really dug into it there. Well, one other, uh, one other thing, guys. Uh, Joe, I know you guys, you don't care, and I know you guys are indifferent. Uh, I saw Ready Player One last night. Okay. No. Tell us. Do we need to go? Sell okay. us. Do we need to go buy tickets? Um, okay. First of all, it's not the book. I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, as someone who loves the book, it's not the book. You're the second person to say the, that to me. The, the, uh, there's enough of the story there that if you are a fan of the book, it will make you, it will make you feel warm and fuzzy. Okay. If you know, there, there's enough nods on just things like posters on the walls and things in the background and a couple of moments where they actually lift dialogue directly from the book, um, that it, it made me, it made me happy. Like I, I like I I've been championing this book since 2011. I've loved Ernie Klein for 10 years before that for, for other stuff that he's done. And this movie, I can't, I, 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 I love, I loved it. Really? I, I really, really enjoyed it. It's fun. It's not beat you over the head with as many pop culture references, uh, as the book is, um, they are there, but they're not commented on a lot in a lot of cases. Okay. Okay. Um, just having like in, in big battle sequences, watching uh like a squad of halo troopers <laughs> just sweeping and clearing against the the npcs the enemy uh the enemy team is kind of great okay it, you know all right and they, they do they flip a couple of things uh with the characters and with the story that the character relationships um are there without being 100 percent faithful to the book all if right. you if if you read the book you will be surprised by where they go in some of the cases of the story. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really happy about it. And uh, I'm going to pick up the name I'm about to drop. Uh, I talked to Will Wheaton about it a couple years ago when he was at C2E2. Whoa, uh, he, Will Wheaton. <laughs> yeah, he, he, uh, well, he reads the audiobook. Right. So I was, I was getting my copy of the, the hardcover signed, and I talked to him about it and said, um, he's like, I, I live down the street from the effects studio. And I got to see an early cut and the references aren't all there, but they're not what's important. The character relationships are there and those are, those are there. Okay. And it, it's really, it's, it's enjoyable. It's not, you know, it's not citizen Kane. Um, it's, it's not, you know, some high and mighty, it's not Casablanca, but if you want to go and, and laugh out loud and, and squee with joy of just, things that you love being on screen and telling a fun story. It's there. I mean, Spielberg, Spielberg told a good story. Let me ask you this visual. Yeah. I'm a big Spielberg guy and I will even defend some later Spielberg films that people didn't love. Is this 
is this worthy of Spielberg's body of work? Am I going to love it as a, am I going to enjoy it as a purely Spielberg film? I think so. Okay. All right. I think so. I'm going to try and make Casey go today. I really do. That's it. I'm going to try and make Casey go today. Of course, getting that woman to do anything. Let me tell you. It's a challenge. Uh, See, now, I I actually, I saw something on uh, Facebook that just kind of amused the hell out of me. Uh, Ty Sheridan was telling a a story uh, that uh, he, at one point, he drives the DeLorean backwards. Okay. And Ernie Klein, the, the author, has a DeLorean. He, he bought it to do his book tour when the book originally came out. <laughs> and he, he traveled the country in his own DeLorean. I would love to hear that and, he bought it, but the DeLorean broke down so many times that they canceled the book tour. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, he has that. And when, he, when they were on set, um, Ty Sheridan got to drive the author's DeLorean and realized you can't look backwards through the center because the flux capacitor is sitting there. Oh. So in... In the movie, when he's driving the car backwards, he told Spielberg, hey, we got to do this, and I got to open the door and lean out because I can't see through the back because there's a blind spot. And Spielberg actually said, I produced Back to the Future, and I didn't even know that. That's awesome. (laughs) 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 That is so cool. All right, I'm in. That's it. I'm going to try to go today. I'd be anxious to hear, you know, it's it's got references, it's got pop culture, um, but Rylance does a good job as the super awkward guy. Uh, everybody does a great job as the characters. Like it's, it's a fun popcorn movie. It's okay. not changing the world, but it's, it's a good way to spend two and a half hours. All right, then I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to try and go today and I will do a short review. Willie Toots gave a short review of Tomb Raider last week that we're going to put up as an extra, and we're just going to start doing some Nerd the Movies Extra. I might do it on our SoundCloud, have a link on our website or something like that, just extra stuff for you guys. Maybe Stop little, putting segments where people or, can't find them. Or a Patreon thing. <laughs> you know what? Let's throw it out to our Patreon folks. They deserve it. Thank you for your call, David Robbins. It's always good to hear from you, sir. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Have a, uh, have a good holiday weekend, gentlemen. You too, sir. Thank Thanks, David. You. All right. Bye, guys. All right. All right. We've got it's about- 1230. Yeah. Let's get Let's into get our, to answers. our answers. Our I answers. Did mine. You did yours. Arthur Adams. Joe Patrick, go. Uh, my answer is Todd McFarlane. Yeah. Uh, because he literally changed the way people draw Spider-Man. That's forever. a great answer. Without a That's doubt. A great answer. Without a doubt. Um, like, and he fought Marvel. Like Marvel was like, what is this bullshit spaghetti coming out of <laughs> Spider-Man's wrist? Yeah. And they're like, why are his knees up over his head? What is going <laughs> his, on here? <laughs> his eyes were too big. The webbing was too weird. And like, if you look back, even the issue before McFarlane took over, it was still the Marvel House style of Spider-Man. Are you still there? Yeah. Oh yeah, we're, we're listening. To you. Okay, sorry. I heard. A, I heard. <laughs> a, I heard sitting- a pop up, and I thought I lost you. Um. Yeah, McFarlane changed the face of Marvel Comics. And he was the first to do that because he was before Liefeld. He was before Jim Lee or yeah. like real close. But like Jim Lee didn't have that status until later. McFarlane came in, he kicked the doors down and he changed the way people look at that art, at that character and comic art for good absolutely and he was on marvel's premiere book at the time i mean flagship title yeah amazing spider-man was the biggest of the big and i remember picking those books up and just it blew my head off yeah i will never forget those those todd mcfarlane issues and just the covers they stood out when you walked by the stands like that spider-man book looked amazing even like when they were still doing like the old cheesy sort of like eighties crossover stuff, like assassination nation and stuff. And they had all the blurbs on the front, you know, it's still Todd McFarlane's covers looked incredible, man. Oh, loved it. And then, uh, McFarlane and Leafield had a, uh, love baby and it was Steven Platt. Yeah. (laughs) I would also argue, uh, Savage Dragon artist, Eric Larson, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. Eric, Eric Larson followed, Todd McFarlane and and he has his own he has his own style it's very recognizable but uh the the manner in which he drew Spider-Man very similar. Yep. yep. Definitely. Yep. He weren't no Todd McFarlane though. That's for certain. I was pissed when Larson came on the book. I was like, "What? You weren't alone." I had, <laughs> like, a, I had a buddy that like dude? threw all his Spider-Man books into the trash. He's like, "What is going on?" <laughs> oh man, I loved Eric Larson. All right. Later on in retrospect, I very much like Eric Larson, but as a young man seeing 
Spider-Man go from Todd McFarlane to Eric Larson, Spider-Man. It was just like, what the hell are you trying Eric, to pull? Eric Larson's the guy that gave me the uh, Spider-Man eyes that emote. Yeah. Where he like squints. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and yeah. like, I know that some people hate that shit, but I think it's super fun. Okay. My answer is Mike Mignola. And my answer is Mike Mignola, not because a lot of people aped his style. He has a style very much his own that he worked into in the early 80s. Like, he always had a definitely different style. The first time I really saw him was his New Mutants work because I loved New Mutants. And it was so different. Mike Mignola did not draw New Mutants. You want to bet? Do you want to bet? Yep. Absolutely positive. Mike Mignola drew Alpha Flight. He also drew Alpha Flight, yes. But I first met him on New Mutants. Guarantee it. Really? I don't believe you. I'm, we got these Google we, computers are we, right We're here. looking them up. Yeah. Nola, New Mutants. This would have been New Mutants, number seven annual. Mike Mignola. He was on there. Yeah, that's where I first saw him. New Mutants, annual, so 1984. So he drew one, fi- one issue of New Mutants. No, no, no. He, he drew a few regular issues, too. He was definitely right. there. But his art was bizarre. Like, absolutely bizarre even at that time not so much as it is today it's not like that hellboy blocky thing he was a little more rounded in his characters but he opened the door for so many artists that did not fit either the marvel or the dc house style that weren't doing straight 80s 90s superhero type stuff and i honestly think without a guy like mike mignola bringing that strange style to the mainstream, whether it was Alpha Flight or New Mutants or any of the books he worked on. He worked on some of the DC Cosmic stuff, too. We would not have the image movement. We would not have these Todd McFarlane's and these Eric Larson's and these artists that came out and really challenged the way that we looked at comics, the way they were drawn, the way the characters stood. Larry Stroman, one of my favorite artists, was right there with that really weird style in the pages of Alien Legion. And like him or hate him, you can't deny that the dude has a style and a point of view all of his own. And I really think he opened the door for a lot of these artists that changed the way we think about comics. It changed the way we think about the way our heroes are drawn, the, the perspective, the little beady eyes with no, you know, <laughs> like the, the strange little spindly arms and fingers. But like serious action behind what was going on. It was more feeling than detail. And I just think he's not, not just one of my favorite artists, but I think without Mike Mignola, we don't have a whole line of very talented weirdos. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's a good, that's a good point. His, his, you could always see where he's at now. Yeah. You could see little hints of that in his early work too. Oh, definitely. Really great. That's he's got a great body of work to see evolve. Definitely. Definitely. Whoa. Sorry about that. Got a little fuzzy there. Scritchy. So that was fun. We had a good question. We had a bunch of good calls. We talked some crazy shit. I had a good time. Thank you to everybody that called in and played along. We'd love to have you play along next Saturday. We'll be right here, 1130 to 1230 Central Time. Please do so before we get out of here. Joe Patrick, what is our new question of the week that you were not aware that you picked? <laughs> Uh, the new question of the week once again comes from Harvey Locust via the THN forums. He asks, we've all been collectors of something at some point in our lives, whether it was comics, toys, laser discs, books, etc. We've all tasted that rush from the hunt as collectors. It was half the fun after all, but we all know that we sometimes make big mistakes in the heat of the moment. What was that one item that you were dying to get your hands on for your collection so much that you overpaid or made bad trades for it? Oof. I got a few of those. Yeah, yeah, Oof. yeah. <laughs> it's going to be embarrassing, but Hachi, it'll also be fun. Hachi. If you can't call us live, maybe you're busy next week, but you want to be part of the conversation, send us an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com or call 402-819-4894. It is our Google voice line. You will hear a recording, and then you can leave a message, and we will play it on the show. Thanks again to everybody that played along. Before we go, Jared, what are you reading this weekend? Uh, I'm going to read the very first appearance of Dazzler in the pages of Uncanny X-Men. Nice. I paid $18 (laughs) for it. Very nice. Yep, yep, yep. I'm pumped. Joe Joe Patrick, what are you reading? Um, I'm... 
pretty much playing nothing but Far Cry 5. I haven't read too much. Oh, this is the political um, one, right? Far Cry 5 is about a uh, cult fighting a cult. Oh, wow. Okay. In, uh, in uh, Backwoods, Montana. It's awesome. All right. We're going to get um, into that on the other show, so pay attention yep. there. Uh, so I guess I got caught up on the Damnation series. That was my big effort this week. I'm still reading uh, Jim Kettner's graphic novel, Ink and Water. Um, I'm also very slowly making my way through the uh, 1990s relaunch of Legion of Superheroes. Really? Not mm. not the zero hour one, but the one from before that where they jumped forward five years. Okay. Um, where Keith Giffen did it and it was much more of like a political drama. Right. Um, I've never actually read it all the way through. It's an amazing series. It like legitimately is a really good series. Um, not just cause I'm a Legion fan. It's very, very well regarded and I've never made the time to sit down and read it all the way through. So I've been doing that uh, when I make the time. Um, other than that, I'm doing a lot of drawings. I'm back to the drawing board. Well, that's I got good. good. Lots of commissions to do. So. Yeah. Get that shit done. Damn it. Seriously. Hey. I'm uh strangely enough, I started rereading and catching up with the old 2000 AD stuff that I found I, I had like downloaded a while ago and was sitting on my hard drive and I'm catching up on the Strontium dog oh, stories. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that character. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Carlos Esguera uh, did some work on it. It was really good stuff. There's some Garth Ennis stuff that he wrote a while ago for 2000 AD. So I'm revisiting those and they're a ton of fun. So there you go. I did just finish reading every single appearance of Fafner Hellhand. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so there's what we're reading this weekend. Yeah. Everybody, I hope you have a happy holiday weekend. Uh, be safe. Easter, I know we all drink a lot and we take our tops off and we party. But, you know, keep in mind. Yep, that's Easter. You got to play it cool. All right. And if you don't drink, be a fool. Yeah. Don't be a fool. Play it cool for Easter. <laughs> <laughs> So that's it. We're going to get out of here. Thanks again, folks. But this, for now, the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off. <laughs>